turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. We might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. It's great to be with you on this very important weekend for Central Florida and for our country. And of course, this is a weekend where, you know, this coming Tuesday, we will have the the opportunity, more of an opportunity than we normally do to help preserve America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. Of course, this coming Tuesday is election day, a very important election day for Central Florida and for America. Really needs no overemphasis. We're pleased right now to be joined by a man who is a candidate for one of the most crucial positions, not only for Central Florida, for Florida, but for America. And that is the position of United States Congress. And we'll go to him right now. I'm speaking, of course, about Mike Miller, uh, State Representative Mike Miller, candidate for United States Congress. Hello, Mike. Thank you for joining us. You know, Mike, here we are literally um, hours, you know, a couple of days before election time. A lot of people are out there, you know, have already voted. But um, what would you want voters uh, to know about Mike Miller? What would you want undecided voters to know about Mike Miller? Yeah, sure. I, listen, I've been a member of the Florida House now for four years, and we do it right in Florida. I, I'm so proud of uh, Governor Scott and the legislator, uh, legislature run by Republicans, both House and Senate, that we've cut taxes, we've cut regulation, we've made this one of the most business-friendly states in the United States. We've had 126 million people come and visit our state last year. That's because we are doing things very well. We're making it a comfortable place to visit, a great place to raise a family. And that's why I'm running for Congress, because I, I think Congress has got it backwards. They think they are the, you know, where it all, all, all the power lies. And actually, the power lies in the state. I know you talk a lot to your listeners about founding principles. Well, one of the most basic founding principles is the state founded the federal government, not the other way around. Power is in the people. The people re- reside in the state. So my goal in going to Congress is, to, to remind Congress people, remind uh, you know the legislative branch that whenever possible, do no harm. Leave, leave states alone, especially a state like Florida that says we balance our budget, we work with term limits, we focus on deregulation, and we focus on making it a family-friendly place. That is my goal in going to Congress, is to do that and remind and, and show the other states also. You know, look at how Florida does it, and then, then make, hopefully, uh, 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 your invitation is the sincerest form of flattery, Maybe other states will operate like Florida. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with Florida Representative Mike Miller. He's a candidate for the United States Congress. Now, Mike, let's talk a little logistics right now. What specifically is the geographical area that you are campaigning in and you would be seeking to serve where, where citizens can vote for you? 
Sure. Well, it's, it's uh, a lot of your listeners. It's Congressional District 7, so it's all of Seminole County, about 432,000 people. And it's the eastern side of Orange County, from Winter Park all the way down to the airport. And uh, total uh, total number of people represented is about 775,000. And uh, and like you said in, in, in an earlier comment, a lot of people have already voted. And, and I think on Election Day, we'll probably have about half the vote already in. But for those people who are listening, who are trying to decide, you know, what, what do we want to do with our vote? Look out. Don't look at the TV. Look out the window. Look out the window and look at the prosperity that's going on in our country. Look at the Look at the. You can, you can just look at all the, the building going on downtown Orlando and, 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 and all across Central Florida. People, are, people are, are making money and they're looking forward to having a good holiday. And if you believe that that's true, which is pretty, pretty obvious, you don't want to vote for a Democrat. You don't want to vote for Stephanie Murphy or, or by, by default, you're going to vote for Nancy Pelosi. You don't want that because she's going to take us backwards. And that's a very important distinction. We, we don't think that, you know, we can change our course of action. Of course you can. If, if Nancy Pelosi becomes the speaker, she is going to repeal the tax reform in, in October. We are on a roll. So don't cut that off right now because it, it would be disastrous for our country and potentially the world. Friends, you're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're speaking with Mike Miller, candidate for Congress. And why don't we pick up there, Mike, because once more, logistics and also nuts and bolts. You know, This is a seat that John Micah, Rep. Congressman John Micah, had for many, many years you know, Stephanie Murphy defeated him in what was, you know, at least from my perspective, a, a big upset. But the point I'm getting to, this, you know, historically, this geographical area has been a Republican congressional district. And you are, you know, you're on a crusade here to reclaim it for the Republicans. And can, and, and as you said, here, let me get to the, the heart of the question. Yeah. What, what we see here and what we see around the country, and I've seen it for years, Democrat candidates will come into areas like ours, like this con- congressional district, and 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 per, um, you know present themselves as moderates, uh, centrist. But when they go to Washington, they become leftist. And uh, yeah, you know, that's a very that, Roger. That's a very important distinction. And I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. So just so your listeners are perfectly aware, we I am running in what they call a challenger race. Mr. Micah held the seat for 24 years, and quite frankly, it was it was stolen from him by a lady named Stephanie Murphy who did exactly what you just said. She, she had no voting record, and she sort of kind of played the moderate, uh, don't, don't look over here, I'm just an innocent you know, bystander type, and, and took Mr. Mike out, which was, was, was a tragedy for Central Florida. But then, to double down on it, she started voting with Nancy Pelosi. She voted against the tax reform. She voted against balancing the budget. As a matter of fact, she voted with Nancy Pelosi 90% of the time. Now, for your listeners to understand that, that means, you know, obviously 9 out of 10, which means she's only voting with the Republicans when it, the vote doesn't matter. And, and most of those votes were probably, you know, 99% of the House voted for them. So she's pretending to be a moderate, but when it counts, she's not. She's a progressive. And that is not what Central Florida is. Central Florida is a center-right district, uh, an area of the country, where, where middle-class families are trying to make a living. They're trying to get their kids a good education. They're trying to live in a safe neighborhood. And with, with the progressive uh, votes that Mrs. Murphy takes, she's making it, she wants us to be like San Francisco. And this is not San Francisco, Roger. This is Central Florida. This is Sanford. This is Castleberry. This is Winter Park. This is Apopka. This is Central Florida, not San Francisco. Friends, we're speaking with Mark Miller, candidate for Congress on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today, days before this very crucial election. And Mike, now I'd like to maybe take a step back, because I think, you know, from my perspective, and of course I'm, I'm supporting you, of course, um, one of the factors is track record and experience. 
and you have had a lot of experience, you know, dealing, uh, you know, with, with exactly what you deal with as a congressman. You were a longtime aide to wonderful Congressman Bill McCollum. You have carved out your own career and a lot of accomplishments as a state representative. Can you share with us what you know some of those credentials that you feel would would help you really get up to speed quickly? You know, if you were to be elected. And, and put yeah, you at an advantage, the, well, yeah. you know, as opposed uh, against, uh, you know, when compared to your opponent. Well, it's been a great honor in my life to serve uh, as a, as a legislative aide and an assistant to uh, starting with Senator Connie Mack back, uh, you know, almost twenty five years ago. And Senator Mack had a great thing. He would say, "Less taxes, less spending, less government means more freedom." And I I think about that as as a legislator now. And then in the people that I've worked with through the years, including you mentioned Bill McCollum, who was a very honorable man who, who, uh, who I still talk to on a regular basis, who believes in conservative principles, who believes in limited government. Uh, I've also had the great uh, pleasure of working with uh, Senator Marco Rubio, who, you know, when you, when you run in a statewide race, which is quite daunting, I'm, I'm running in a congressional district, which is exhausting. I can only imagine running for, for uh, a Senate like Marco did. And, uh, and it, but, but you learn so much about your community, and you learn, like I said earlier, that Florida is not a liberal state, and we're, especially central Florida. We're not progressive. We are... We are hardworking, middle-class people that are just trying to get ahead. And when you put government in the way of a small business or a family, you can't get ahead because there's a big barrier in the way, and it's taxes and it's regulation. And I, and I promise you, as I've learned from those folks like Connie and, and, uh, and Bill McCollum and Marco Rubio, get government out of the way and people will create jobs and businesses will start and families will flourish. But you can't do it with the progressive uh, agenda that Nancy Pelosi would have with the, with the U.S. House. And you can see it, like I said, the Florida House, we run, we run our business very, we, we balance the budget every year, and we get the heck out of Tallahassee, and we go back and we, and we, we work in our communities. D.C. needs to operate under the same structure, and I'm determined to go to Washington and get government out of people's way. Friends, we're speaking with Mike Miller, candidate for Congress. Now, Mike, we're going to go to break in about a minute, um, and then we'll come back and continue to speak with Mike Miller. Uh, here before we go to break, anything you'd like to share? Well, I know one of the things that uh, you've, you had a, a chance to speak to a couple weeks ago was uh, I had the great honor of Steve Scalise coming to Central Florida to, uh, to stump for me. And I, I know you had a great conversation on the radio, but what you didn't see uh, was the rally that we had and the, and the conversations that we had with people in the community. I mean, Steve Scalise is a great leader in, in Washington and, and, uh, and a gentleman who puts you know, God and family first. Uh, you know, today is All Souls Day. I lost both my parents this past year, and so I, you know, I believe in uh, in the strength of uh, of the Lord and, and believing that God is where we're, where we're all you know headed, and uh, and so I, I spend a time with, with Steve Scalise and he's that same kind of guy and I think I think those principle centered God centered people in Washington will, will be uh, is what I want to be when I go to Washington. And uh, yeah, please um, accept my personal uh, thoughts and condolences. You know, I know it's it's you know, I've lost both of my parents too. I know how hard that is. I know many of our listeners. Um, so I know it's had, had to be a really tough tough year for you. Um, well, we're going to go to a break here, and then we'll come back. We'll continue to speak with Mike Miller, State Representative Mike Miller, candidate for Congress. Before we go to break, I want to let you know, of course, everybody know that about our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue in the heart of downtown Apopka. Let me tell you what, a few of the things you'll find at Porky's. Genuine, authentic, old-fashioned, southern-style barbecue, exceptional homemade sauces, and one-of-a-kind homemade sides. You'll find unique dishes like Brunswick stew, Jim's dirty taters, and summer slaw, as well as traditional favorites, black-eyed peas, collards, mac and cheese, and baked beans. It's all available at 
It's all there at, at Porky's Original Barbecue in the heart of downtown Apopka, 256 East Main Street. Make sure you tell them Roger Frank and Williams sent you. We'll be right back on the Roger Frank and Williams show with Mike Miller, candidate for Congress. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's always great to be with you. It's especially great to be with you today and this weekend as we are literally on the cusp of one of the most important elections, certainly in my lifetime, especially as we look to the future and uh, we chart the course for our country going forward. We're pleased to be speaking right now with a candidate who's involved in a race that will be crucial to the future direction of our country. And I'm not, that is no overemphasis uh, at all. And I'm sure most of you know that, the, the people who listen to our show. Of course, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show and the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. We're speaking with. Mike Miller, State Representative Mike Miller, candidate for Congress. Before we go to Mike, back to Mike, I want to let you know that in the best old school tradition, Florida Door Solutions gives back. Florida Door Solutions supports our local schools, Little League Baseball, and new sports in our community. To find out why Florida Door Solutions has been voted best garage door company for many years in a row, visit FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR, and be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now back to Mike Miller, Representative Mike Miller, candidate for U.S. Congress. Now, Mike, why don't we um, talk about some of your priorities? Say if if Mike Miller is elected, your congressman Mike Miller, what are some of the the, two or three top priority items on your agenda? that you'd like to see done in Washington? Well, it's like we talked about in the previous segment. I, I do believe in limited government. And right before the end of the legislative session in Washington, uh, the Congress put together what they called the Tax Package 2.0. And it was to make some of the tax cuts that were, that were put in the first tax package permanent. And I think it's important for your listeners to know, I know you've been promoting your, your small businesses that support your show. Small businesses need to know that they have certainty when it comes to their tax policy because they have to pay those taxes, obviously, and then they can plan for what they want to do if they want to hire more people or potentially open a new store. And with the tax package that was put together uh, uh, originally, they had to make some of the tax cuts temporary because the Senate, U.S. Senate, has different rules than the U.S. House. I know because Stephanie Murphy voted against 2.0 on the last day of the legislative session because she doesn't believe in limited government. I know if I were elected to Congress, I would go to Washington and vote for 2.0, because if you have a permanent tax cut for middle-class families and for small businesses, it is, it's proven already. We've seen 4% growth, record employment. We're, we're able to, to strengthen our military and strengthen our borders because we have a robust economy. It makes not only America better, but it makes the world better. And yet we have a congresswoman now here, uh, Stephanie Murphy, who voted against the tax reform package, and she voted against 2.0. So I'm just telling your listeners right now, the first job I would do to get to Washington is continue the robust economy, continue the employment records that we have now. It's very, very important for our country to stay on this path. Yeah, I really appreciate the uh, analogy, the Hippocratic Oath an- analogy, 
because that is so true, and that's one of my guiding principles in life, actually, uh, in, in sports as well, and as far as right. coaching goes. You First of all, don't do any harm. But first of all, don't screw something up worse than it already yes. is. And I think yes. that's a perfect yes. analogy for government, and I think it's a perfect analogy for the the competing visions of the Republicans and, and the Democrats, because the Democrats want to do more, more, more. They want to get that hood up, roll up their sleeves, and, and do stuff, uh, which generally you know gets involved in people's lives. And and Republicans are you know are want to let the uh, more free market oriented and, and more more freedom oriented. Uh, but now, uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, let me just add to that because you know it's been such an important part of my life. And we talked about working for Connie Mack, Bill McCollum, and Marco Rubio. You know, they started with that principle. Less is more. It, 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 it sounds counterintuitive, but less is more. And you, you mentioned coaching. You know, I had the great pleasure of playing baseball for the University of Florida back in the 90s. And I played for a guy named Joe Arnold, and that's exactly what he did. He said, you know, be athletic, you know, plan ahead, make, make sure you're in shape, and you have a game plan when you're on the mound. But, you know, don't, don't overdo it, and, don't, and, and, and just be yourself. And it was a great, it was a great uh, lesson for me in life to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to, you know, don't, 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 don't feel like you have to just get everything so weedy. A lot of things are very simple. I think less is more is a, is a guiding principle that, and first do no harm, are two guiding principles that I will take to Congress. And friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today on the, on the cusp of this historic election. We're also pleased to be speaking with a man who's going to be on the ballot in a race that will be crucial to America's future, and that's no uh, over-exaggeration. Mike Miller, candidate for Congress, covering the district, uh, literally um, a big chunk of our audience. All of Seminole County, big part of East Orange County, will be voting in that particular race. Um, now, Mike, before we have to go, I'd like to pick up kind of along the same theme. And, you know, as I have observed you and I've shared with my listeners that, that we've known each other a long time, uh, it, and this theoretically is not, is not a partisan issue, but it's very important in terms of the people we elect, is... You know, I've seen, and I know you've seen more of it than I have, but in the 20-plus uh, years I've been, or 30, I guess, years I've been involved in heavily in, in politics, we see so many people that start out uh, sincere and they just want to do the right thing to serve the community and serve the people and be true to the Constitution, and, and but they uh, eventually get corrupted by the process. You know, they, they get in there. We see it every, sadly, all the time in Washington. And one of the things I'm confident with you is that that will not happen with Mike Miller because you you're such a regular guy, if you will. And and yeah, uh, but yeah. can, can you just talk a little bit about your your personal background? Of course, I know uh, about your great career as a pitcher for the University of Florida. And um, but and I, I kind of had to get a little smile when you said you started working with Connie Mack, which I did not know. I'm sure when he saw that resume, probably got a little smile yeah. on his on his face there. <laughs> yeah, your resume probably went to the top of the stack when, yeah, yeah. when, he, when he saw your your baseball background. But um. Just talk about where you grew up and you know how you got involved playing baseball and got involved in politics sure. and things like that sure. in, our, in our last sure. few minutes. Yeah, I, so I grew up in suburban Washington. Actually, I grew up out in Maryland, and I grew up. Where, uh, you, know, you mentioned earlier, I lost both my parents, but I had I had two wonderful parents. I had a little brother a couple years younger than me that uh, was my catcher from the time I was probably six eight years old. He was you know he was a glutton for punishment, but he uh, a wonderful guy, and we're still close. And so I, you know, I actually had a wonderful opportunity to play all sports growing up, and I had a great mentor, a guy named Tom Brown. You can look him up sometime. He played for the Washington Senators, and he played for Vince Lombardi, actually. And he taught me a lot of those guiding principles, especially that Vince Lombardi would teach, you know, uh, and, and just to be, to be a man. And then the, the best thing I learned growing up was to be a man for others. You know, uh, the, the Jesuits teach this, and I went to Jesuit school for high school, 
Uh, and that and that sort of set my tone for my life, to be a man for others. Always tried to volunteer, always tried to do charitable work, and in this case, doing public services is my, is my opportunity to give back. So I you know, grew up in Washington, came down, played baseball for the Gators, great experience. Went back to D.C., and I met a young lady on Capitol Hill who happened to be from North Dakota. And I took her down here to Orlando, and I said, hey, sweetie, it's a beautiful place, and it doesn't snow. She said, great. <laughs> so she married me, and we've been here for 25 years. And we have two beautiful kids now, a 19-year-old son over at Valencia College uh, as a freshman. And then we have our daughter finishing up at Winter Park High School, and she's doing fantastically well in the uh, 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 IB program there. And we've just been so blessed to live here in Central Florida. We just want to keep it going. And I, But, again, I want to protect what we have in Florida, which is why I'm running for Congress, because progressive principles from somebody like Nancy Pelosi will, will screw this up. And, and we have a great thing going in our country, and I want to fight for it. Well, thank you for sharing that w- with us, certainly in you know, as you as you were speaking, which which already knew, um, you know, you don't have to be in Congress, and I think that's another thing we need to elect more people that that's lives aren't all about being an elected official. You know, you, you would have a wonderful life if if you never uh, you you weren't elected official. So I think that's another another feather in your cap, another great credential that you have is uh, you're a regular guy, and uh, you know you're not going to be corrupted by the process once you get there. Right, right. I think, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm not a spring chicken, you know, and I've been blessed to have uh, good parents and good kids and a good wife, and I think those are the, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I, I, like we talked about, I, I go to church, I believe, you know, the Lord uh, is my Savior, and, and, and we are in this, you know, He's showing me which way to go, and, uh, and with that confidence, I don't, you know, I see it, I see what happens in D.C., you get up there, you, people all, you know, want to talk to you and take your photo and all that stuff. But that's not reality. Reality is your family and, and God and, 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 the, and your loving friends, the people that are truly your friends that don't care if, what, what your title is. And, and, I, and I've been very blessed. And that's why I love Central Florida, because we ha- it's, it's a great place to have a family. It's a great place to have friends. Like, like you, you and I, Roger, we've been friends for 20-some years. It's what makes our country great and it makes Central Florida great. Yeah, I love hearing all those stories from your days uh, playing for the Gators. It's, uh, and hopefully uh, we'll, yeah, when we see each other sometime soon when you're in Washington. We can, I, hear, I can hear a couple more of those. But uh, look, yeah. I, w- I want to thank you for joining us, Mike. I wish you all the best. I'll be working hard, uh, and I encourage our listeners to work hard to make sure that, that you win this very crucial election. I know it's a close election. Every vote's literally going to count. And um, so we, all, all the best to you, and, and thank you for joining us on our show today and, and, and speaking with our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Roger. And I, if I could ask your listeners, please, if, uh, on November 6th, if you haven't voted already, I would be honored if you would vote for me, Mike Miller, for Congress, CD7. And again, just, just appreciate all you're doing for our community, Roger. Thank you. Thank you, Mike Miller, candidate for Congress, Representative Mike Miller. Well, friends, we're going to go to our next break. We'll speak with another candidate when we come back on today's special edition of the Roger Franklin Williams Show, special pre-election edition, sponsored by Dr. Patrick St. Germain. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this important weekend before the elections. And, of course, our program today is totally d- devoted to the upcoming election on Tuesday, and we'll be talking. We have another candidate for you right now. It's great to speak with Mike Miller, candidate for Congress. Hope you enjoyed that. Before we go to our next guest, want to let you know that about our friends over at Porky's Barbecue in Apopka. 
told you a little bit about the the menu a little bit earlier. I also want to let you know Porky's has the best banana pudding and sweet tea around, and it's all served in a Porky's down-home atmosphere with good old Southern hospitality. Don't miss the best bike night in Central Florida every Thursday night at Porky's. And, of course, Porky's has a very um, – they put their own unique twist. They've got all the great traditional barbecue like brisket, beef brisket, pulled pork, sliced pork, great grilled chicken. But they also have their own unique dishes such as the Monster Ribeye Sandwich and many others as well. And, of course, while you're there, ask them about the Sheriff Kevin Berry Feast for four. It's all at Porky's in their down-home atmosphere, and you can find them at 256 East Main Street in the heart of downtown Apopka. And don't forget about Porky's catering for your parties coming up here in the holiday season. You can find them at Porky'sApopka.com. That's Porky'sApopka.com. Now let's go back. now, Now, our next guest is a candidate for Orange County Commission, another crucial position. I'm pleased to be joined by Christine Moore, currently serving on the Orange County School Board and has served on the school board for for two at least two terms now, right, Christine? It's 10 years. So. It's amazing. And, of course, we're very aware, listeners, our listeners are very aware of the great work that you did on the school board in a variety of areas, especially promoting music in our schools and the great event that you literally created um, out at the Apopka Amphitheater every year. But anyway, what, what would you like to share with our, our listeners today? Well, I just want to thank you before we get started for um, all the work you do promoting darter football. And so I usually go to all the games. I've been at all the football games for 10 years and really um, had spent the beginning of this year working with uh, Michelle Erickson at Wakiva in the district, actually called the district police chief. We, a lot of parents are really concerned about uh, security, and that's probably the number one issue. But the, the Orange County Public Schools started a police force, and I had to sit in a lot of executive sessions and learn all the the details and putting manuals together down to choice of badges and police cars and and that sort of thing. But they came out and um, worked on that stadium. As you know, back in 2000, there there was a – the school district had a really hard time passing a referendum to fund schools. And so a committee was put together at the time, the the Cove Committee, which is made up of industry experts, private sector – and they didn't allow um, the school district to put in these full football stadiums. And so we've been fighting that problem the entire time I've been on the board. If you remember the lightning strike in 2010, my mother was there and my daughter was in the band. And, and so after that, I was able to use that tragedy, tragedy to get press boxes. So that press box you were sitting in the other night was there because of some of the work I did. Um, but anyway, we, we really worked hard. But as you can see, and I had a lot of letters from parents it's still problematic at that stadium and so uh, what the superintendent has said if if every game not just the big game not just the popka wakava game if they can um, sell 1500 seats and that that'll entitle them to a bigger stadium and so i that's the one thing i wish i had gotten done before i leave to get that bigger stadium for wakava because as we saw there were some situations that probably could have been avoided there was more lighting to exits, but thank you for the work you did. And I told you that off off air that if it hadn't been for your show, I would have missed the football yeah, game because little... I had a little love fall right before the game. And uh, just candidates, we do not walk on water or air. We are human beings, and we make mistakes and have problems. And I actually um, broke my arm right above the wrist and had to have surgery. 
on Saturday, and so hopefully I won't forget anything because I'm still on pain pills. And I'm not a procrastinator, Roger, so most of the campaign work is done, and we can talk about county. But, uh, you know, whether you're elected official in any field, it's really about uh, being in the people, going to things, being there, and figuring out what the needs are. And, of course, as a conservative, you've got to stay within the budget, so you can't just promise everything under the sun. And you heard that with the stadium. Right. I mean, unless there's a need, a demonstrable need, then we don't spend the money. And so, you know. Exactly. So most of our listeners are certainly have government accountability, fiscal accountability. And, um, and so I would just like to have you talk about, um, you, know, we, you know, we take this time to, to share with anything you'd like our listeners to know. Of course, um, you know, many of them are familiar yeah. with you already. But um, what about why are you seeking to serve on the Orange County Commission and what do you hope to accomplish there? Well, I think uh, I had thought about it for a long time. It's it's just a, a different jurisdiction. And, um, you know, on the school board, I was dealing with the commissioners on sidewalks and traffic and opening new schools and growth and development. But I think the crowning time was when we were trying to get Windermere High School opened. And we literally had to go to mediation. They put all the elected officials on the stage at West Orange High School at a line. It was, it was kind of like a firing squad. And not even looking at each other, we were we were supposed to try to get along. And I think it's difficult, um, you know, we, there, there, we talk about walking in another man's shoes. And I started thinking about um, if we had a school board member and the county commission, how much better all those decisions could be, joint decisions, because schools really follow growth, and it's all interrelated. And, uh, of course, then, since I decided to run, you know, Mayor Jacobs ended up running for school board chair. And so what a beautiful thing. And we can talk more about that and some specific issues. But coming from school board, $4 billion budgets, right, Uh, annual budgets, county commission, $4.25 billion budgets, had some time to study it. What you spend your money on really shows your priorities. I Hopefully Tuesday's going well, and I, we're going to get in there and do some strategic planning and and look at that budget and align it. My first um, line of defense is to to reorganize. Are we getting a return on our investments? It's never to, you know, oh, we don't have enough money, go raise taxes. I don't think you ever can do that. So I'm, you know, an old line conservative when it comes to the accountability and the transparency and those sorts of issues. And uh, so I really look forward to that opportunity. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right, right now we're speaking with Christine Moore. Currently she's, as you've heard, a school board member in Orange County. It has been for 10 years. She's a candidate for Orange County Commission now. And your area generally is uh, what I would determine uh, the northwest Orange County, west Orange County area, essentially. Um, now, Christine, one thing, I, an observation and, and I guess a question is I've observed, Christine, we know each other for, I, I was doing the math. 1988. Yeah, 30, 30 years, actually. Oh, my, we've known each other for 30 years. And, but the way I even got to know you is, um, and one thing I've observed, and what I'm getting to is, you know, politics aside, it's important for our elected officials, certainly one of my priorities is for our elected officials to be, be accessible to the people. And that's one thing that's demonstrated to you. That's when you were out in the in the precincts. Is how I even got to meet you. Got to meet you back in the day. But as I've observed you on the school board, you're you're out there. You're you know you're talking to your constituents. You're 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 available anytime, anywhere. Why don't you talk about that and how that would uh, you know influence your role as a as, as a county commissioner? Yeah. In fact, now I think it's uh, people can find you anyway, anyhow. So I had a had a I think it was the grandmother who 
sent me an instant message or she didn't go through the traditional school board channels and emails and that sort of thing and um, was having problems with the cupcakes for granddaughter's birthday and was wondering about a policy and so with this alarm, I, I sometimes I'm awake at night, you know, in between the pain pills. And uh, so I answered her at about 3 in the morning <laughs> and said, I'll check on your cupcakes for you. But, do you know, if a person takes the time to write you, then they're upset and they're concerned. And uh, I've learned from being on the school board, you have to be so consistent. If you have a rule on cupcakes for this school, it better be the same rule for the cupcakes at the other schools. And um, and that was her concern. She saw an exception for the PTA, and so I have to go back, look at the policy, and tell her and see if they were being consistent. And so that's what elected officials are. We're here for everything from those billion-dollar budgets to cupcakes. Well, that's a great, great, great story, certainly. And, 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 you know, from my own perspective, I know a lot of elected officials uh, wind up cloistered in their office, and they don't have conversations like, like you had with, with that constituent. Well, I think the moms and the the grandmoms have been pretty um, comfortable talking to me, and so um, I hope the men will too, you know. Uh, This this seat, with it down to the two of us, um, there's never been a female in this this position. In 140 years of this seat, I'm a little bit of a historian, and I figured if I could get myself back to, you probably could have helped with that, but... 1960, and you just don't see it now. You know, we had our first African American with uh, Rod Love for the past six months, but we've never had a woman in this seat. But you're seeing that interest nationally. And when I did some data work this morning, it was 55% women to, um, turning out at this point, as of last night, to 45% men. So it's probably not a surprise that that's happening. But um, I could tell you, you have to be competent. I had to spend a lot of time talking about my resume, University of Michigan, having my own business, 10 years on the school board. I mean, I didn't just serve on committees. I chaired very significant committees. I I had a major role in revamping the state school board association. And so, um, you know, people, I think, particularly with female candidates, they want to know, can you do the job? And so you, you, you have to prove yourself. That's a great point, and of course, you've got a, a lot of experience as we we're talking about not only serving on the Orange County School Board for the past ten years, a lot of accomplishments there, but also it's, it's in private business yeah. as well. And in private business, you're a music teacher was one of your uh, you know, early things on, that you've done, and yeah, and I still play because I love it. Let's hope this wrist gets better because uh, there may not be Christmas gigs this year if I can't bend it, but. Um, yeah, you've been close to the people. You've been close to the constituents, no matter what you did, whether it's in real government estate, or and I and I recently, you know, got my real estate license. I had done. I know I have some of my own properties that I've managed and worked with my ex husband, but um, I would like to do a little bit again. And the real estate is really important because now that you're dealing with county commission issues, I've got an idea for a blue ribbon neighborhoods where we put a matrix together and we can inspire behavior and. How nice for the realtors, how nice for the homeowners, you know, to say I live in a blue ribbon neighborhood and getting some stakeholders together. So what would constitute a blue ribbon neighborhood? And we would never compete and have a neighborhood head to head, but compete against a standard and try to encourage good behavior. So government, government, you know, it's on the side of his code enforcement doing their job. Obviously, you've got to send the person out the letter whose glass, grass is three feet high. But what do we do on the positive side? Well, I've learned that from school board. I've learned that from being a mom and a grandma. Sometimes we get, you know, better behavior. We work together better through positive initiatives and not just always punishing. 
That's a great perspective. It's great to catch up with you again today. Friends, Christine Moore, a candidate for Orange County Commission. It's a very important race. It's the race seat that's current at most recently, well, right now it's been held, as she said, by Rod Love on an intimate basis. Before that was Brian Nelson. Before that it was Fred Brummer, uh, Bob Sindler you know, back in the day. Tommy Dorman. And, uh, so Tommy Staley. We can keep going. It's a very uh, important <laughs> position. And, Christine, it's great to have you here and, and to, to share with our listeners. And best wishes. Well, thank in the you. Campaign. Thank you for having me and appreciate your friendship over all these years. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Friends, Christine Moore, candidate for Orange County Commission in the Northwest Orange County and West Orange County areas. We'll uh, take a break right now. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you in this very important time. Truly, as I've said before, it needs no overemphasis. Uh, An important time for America, for the the future of America. It was great to be joined by Mike Miller, candidate for United States Congress, uh, seat number seven in Florida, covers most of East Orange County, all of Seminole County. Uh, Many, many, many of our listeners are in that particular district. It was the district that was held by the seat that was held by Congressman John Micah for many, many years. And most recently, Democrats won it in a big upset. George Soros backed Democrat won it last time. That's uh, we, uh, a unique situation at the moment because we've got a Democrat in a solidly Republican district. And Mike Miller is out on a quest to reclaim that seat for the conservatives and for the Republicans. And it was great to have him join us earlier in our show. And I would say literally that particular race uh, for United States Congress, uh, which covers all of Seminole County, much of East Orange County, uh, is one of the most crucial races, not only here in Central Florida, Florida, but also in the country, because the control of the House of Representatives in Congress in Washington is up, up for stake, uh, up for grabs. Republicans hold a thin lead right now, and uh, you know that's that's certainly in jeopardy. So every Republican that's elected is crucial. Every vote will count, and every vote will count in this particular race. It's also great to have Christine Moore join us. As you heard, uh, as many some of you know, been working with Christine Moore many times over the years. She is a candidate for Orange County Commission, representing the Northwest and West Orange County areas. Before we go further, I want to let you know that, of course, and uh, give a shout out and a thank you to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain. D.C. has been voted number one chiropractor once again. Dr. St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels, from youth sports to elite college and professional athletes to Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. That's 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. When you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to support high school and youth sports in our community. Now, I want to talk mainly here in our final closing moments 
about specific nuts and bolts things to do to influence election. And these are things, these are completely nonpartisan. It's not the ideological part of things. This is the way ideological candidates get elected. That There's a whole area of campaigning and politics that goes largely neglected, and that is the nuts and bolts of how to get your candidate elected. And that's what I want to share with you now. What is my perspective? As some of you know, my perspective is having been a candidate, Back in 1998, as Christine Moore alluded to, she was a, helped me immensely on that campaign back in the day. And uh, it was basically a campaign that was grassroots-oriented. It was an, an outsider campaign. It took on you know, powerful forces within the Central Florida, Orange County political establishment, within the Republican Party political establishment. It was actually, uh, one way I would describe it is I was a Tea Party candidate before the Tea Party came along. But anyway, my point is, there are. I learned during that experience that there are very specific things that any candidate can do um, to get to get elected. And that's and it, it, there's very specific things that every voter, every citizen can do to maximize your impact. And one of the the biggest fallacies that we hear in America is that your vote doesn't count. Your vote does count. You have no idea how much your vote counts. Um, and we saw that we witnessed it right here in Florida in the presidential election of 2000 when George Bush literally won the presidency by 536 votes that were cast in Florida. I do have a little story about that before I move on. Um, yeah, my father, Roger A. Williams, who many of you are familiar with and his legacy and reputation, was uh, 90 years old at that time. And he dedicated himself, just like today, he saw how uh, crucial that particular presidential election was. And as one man, as one individual, he dedicated himself probably three or four months before the actual election to literally speak personally with everyone that he knew, that he came in contact with, uh, on a daily basis. And he was very active uh, for his age, went to church every Sunday, rotary every Thursday, the whole nine yards. Um, Every single person he knew how he felt about him, that he was supporting George W. Bush, and he asked every single person he came in contact with to vote for George Bush. He also made a couple of speeches, impromptu speeches, uh, where he actually he was being introduced at other functions, and he took that opportunity to address those crowds, one uh, both of which were in the neighborhood of of several hundred, three to four to five hundred people. My point is, I mean, there's there's no telling how many votes <laughs> Roger Ray Williams influenced in the 2000 election. Um, it, it, you know, of course, uh, uh, it, it, in the final tally in Florida, I believe, I believe the number was 536 votes. Of course, that's just a swing of only approximately 250 plus votes. So I literally, um, am, I, it's, it's certainly reasonable to assume that my father's efforts, he certainly influenced scores of votes and possibly even into the hundreds. Uh, my point is, that's an example of how each one of our each one of us can make a difference, and we have much more power than we think that we do. So here are some techniques, some tactics, if you will, fundamentals that I have learned over the years, having been a candidate, having been a campaign manager, uh, campaign coordinator, all those things, grassroots tactics, uh, also adapted to today's uh, current um, computerized society, 
that you can do to help your candidate. And, and, and literally, I can, share, I can share with you, literally everybody who listened to this can influence at least one other vote. And if you just only influence one other vote other than yourself, uh, that, that, that impact could be, could be huge. Just think of every single person listening to the show just influenced one more vote, got one more vote for Mike Miller, say, for, in, for example, um, or one more vote for, for DeSantis or Rick Scott. The impact would be absolutely huge. So first of all, what you can do, and I'm just going to talk top of my head. I'm not, this isn't any kind of a priority list, but first and foremost, what you can do if you're passionate about the candidate or candidates that you're for, let everybody that you know know that you're for that person. Um, you can do that very simply. You can do that, put a sign in your window at your home or in your yard. That right right there, that, that lets the people that you know, many of whom may be undecided, that um, somebody in their neighborhood, somebody they know, one of their friends, is supporting a particular candidate. That is a, it's a very simple thing. It's something that can definitely influence votes. Another thing going a little bit further is let people in your family and your personal circle know. Um, virtually every single person knows somebody else. <laughs> you know, um, many of you know a lot of people. One thing you can do is just, just in a very casual way, in your own style, there's no right or way, wrong answer to, way to do this. You don't even have to be high pressure or anything. Just let the people know that you know that you feel strongly about a particular candidate. Let them know that you would appreciate if, if they weren't decided, if, if they're um, you know, not 100% committed to some other candidate, you would appreciate them voting for, for your candidate and tell them why. That, that you can influence innumerable, vote, innumerable votes that way. Of course, with your, today with email list and Facebook, uh, social media, let people know who you support. And I would pro- most likely probably generally encourage you to do that in a, in a non-offensive way. You don't have to be, you know, fire-breathing passionate when you're influencing votes, especially with undecided voters. Just let people know who you support and why you support them. Um, another way, and this is very low-tech, but it's also incredibly effective, make a list of everybody you know or everybody you know that you would want to contact and let know about your support you can make a um, and I would encourage you and one thing I'm going to do is call people that I know uh, especially ones that are voting for the candidates that I'm trying to get in there um, which are certainly Rick Scott and DeSantis of course Mike Miller call everybody you know and make sure that they go and vote um, if they haven't voted already Uh, during early voting which I guess will be ended by the time you hear this, but but uh, early, early voting, take people to vote. If you know an older person uh, who's going to have trouble getting to the polls, help them get to the polls. Find if you can't take them, fi- help somebody find them. You know, get get an Uber for them. They're just um, what we do not. What we, you don't want in any election, especially this crucial election, is to have votes for your side for your candidate sitting at home not voting. That's the way elections are lost, getting those people to the polls, mobilizing those people. That's the way elections are won. And the point that I want to completely emphasize here is this. I'm not talking about anything within a party structure. I'm not talking about anything with even within a campaign structure. 
I'm not talking about any kind of an organized get-out-the-vote effort. I'm just talking to you one-on-one about things that you can do as a citizen, as an American, as an individual, uh, to impact, you know, increase your influence, your impact, to help candidates, your philosophy, our ideology, which is to preserve our traditional values of God, family, country, to preserve these things. You have much more power. We have much more power than we think that we do. Again, let everybody know, our circle of friends and acquaintances, let them know who we support and why, especially if they're undecided. Um, Those that we know that support our candidate, make sure that they get out and vote. Make a list. Call them the night before the election, the day before the election. Call them on election day to make sure that they voted. Also, one other great technique is here in our closing moments is that you can, you know, many of us still write notes and postcards on your mailing list, your personal mailing list. Um, Write a little uh, uh, handwritten postcard or note to everybody you know. Ask them to vote for your candidate. These are very simple ways that you can certainly expand your influence. Also, once again, obviously, those of us, uh, those of you have email lists, and some of these email lists have hundreds, if not thousands of people on your personal email list. Email people, let them know how you're voting, why, urge those who know you know are voting for your candidate to get out and vote. Those are some things that we can do, and if, 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 only a few people, hopefully most people, if only a few people who are listening to this right now do some of these things, the, uh, the impact will be absolutely huge. That's the way elections are won and the way elections are lost are not people getting out to vote and for not people, um, people you know, urging their, their sphere of influence to vote. The way elections are won is to urge your friends, family, acquaintances, get out to vote. Friends, thank you for joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show.